Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic show right here on Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we got a bang-up show for you guys today. We're talking about some very, very important stuff, some stuff that's close to my heart. Uh, we got a great guest, and we're going to have some fun today. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to everybody out there. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me on Stereo, Stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Jump on there. We like to do some after-party Finding Your Frequency episodes, and then you never know. I might just I might just pop on there and just be on live doing some shows from, from the house over the weekend. You never know. You've got to follow me to find out. But uh, I want to thank everybody who's been tuning in for the last uh, five years of Finding Your Frequency. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we wouldn't be here without all of the awesome listeners out there. Uh, so uh, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting uh, destination, make sure to share it with your friends. Give us a five-star review. Drop us a note, info at voiceamerica.com. So, you know, I want to talk about something that's really important to me. And, uh, you know, and that's... Uh, disabilities right you know uh there's a lot of people out there in the united states that are uh uh working and running normal lives doing all these great things and they may have a disability uh you know one of the cool things i think that 2020 and the pandemic brought to us too was uh you know the ability to engage more folks that are disabled in the workforce because uh, if some of those folks are able to work from home and they're in a wheelchair and they can use a computer, right? Uh, they're very effective at doing their job. They don't have to transit, commute, get on a bus, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, we are, are our studios right over here by this place called Preferred Home Healthcare. And I see this all the time. You know, the, the Phoenix Metro has a service here um, that will pick up people and take them to their doctor's appointments or to uh, Preferred Home Healthcare where they get oxygen refills or, you know, those types of things. And I'm sitting outside of my office the other day, uh, enjoying this beautiful weather that we have in Phoenix, and I see this metro truck pull up, and the driver gets out, and he's unloading this woman who's in a, in a, in a wheelchair, and I, I immediately was like, "Whoa, stop! Wait one minute. I know they're at the wrong place. I know that they're, you know, their address is 4602. Our address is 4602. Just two different streets, right next to each other, right? Uh, and so I was like, "No, no, no! Hey, buddy! Hey, buddy! How you doing? Uh, are you guys looking for a preferred home health care?" And he's like, "Yeah, I am." Uh, I said, "Well, this is not preferred preferred home health care, and I wanted to let you know before you, you know, unload this poor lady in her wheelchair and drop her off at a place that's not where she's." Trying trying to go um but it was really cool the driver was really nice and he thanked me for letting him know what was going on and you know then they i gave them directions and all that kind of stuff and everything was good but you know i just that that got me thinking that day like 
you know, how, how difficult life could be for some folks who have disabilities. And, you know, I, I just I just think that it's very important that we're highlighting those uh, folks um, who are uh, in the space that have disabilities, but are not letting those be limiting to their uh, personal development, their growth as human beings. And that's why we have this fantastic guest on. His name is uh, Kurt Roscoff. He's the ambassador of the Digital Disability Channel continually advocating for people with disabilities, showcasing abilities. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I think people forget, that people with disabilities have abilities, right? And I'm gonna talk a little bit about a personal story for me when we bring Kurt on. Uh, but number one, I wanna say, Kurt, thank you so much and welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Ryan, and congratulations on five years. I'm pleased to be here at this point. Yeah, you know, I... Uh, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show. Um, I know that uh, you have you have your show that you do, uh, Ability MKE now, right? Did you do? Yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, airing this evening. Yep. Oh, that's so. Yeah, it, it's all about integration. It's about looking at a community, you know, like whether it's Phoenix or Milwaukee or where, wherever the municipality is, and you know how we shape culture and community and. And yeah, to look at the forgotten demographic, which is um, in a large part, you know, people with disabilities being left by the wayside and to look at how we as pillars of society or event planners and so forth, how we can go ahead and make those concerted efforts to say, hey, we want you involved. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, 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 and that's, you know, like what I was mentioning is I think 2020 and the pandemic really shed light on, uh, you know, like the, the whole commute thing, right? Which for a lot of disabled people, especially if you're in a wheelchair or something like that, you know, like, you know, getting in your car, you know, and I've seen, I've seen these, the, you know, this gentleman drive up before going to preferred home healthcare. And, you know, he's got like a crane in the back of his truck and, it, you know, brings and drops the, you know, uh, the, the wheelchair down and he's got to, you know, go get in it and you know it's like it's like this whole process right and if you have to go to work every day and you got to get in your vehicle and you got to drive there and you got to drive home and you got to do all that like it's it's it makes it much more difficult when if you're just driving to the office to go use a computer in a cubicle why can't you just do that from home right i think it really opens up the workforce uh right for people with disabilities uh with work from home jobs that have started to kind of proliferate business society yeah, it is good that we're emphasizing that because, yeah, there there's a significant portion of people with disabilities that want to, you know, steer the conversation to that side of things, that it's benefiting them, and it's all in what they call as self-determination. So we do want to follow, you know, their preference because there are transportation advocates as well. So we want to, you know, not stereotype this and forget that there are people who do prefer people with disabilities are out there who say they do want to go into the workplace and, you know, be at a desk like you are, uh, Ryan, and, and all that kind of stuff. So you got both <laughs> sides of it. But the point is, is to have those options there well served that people with disabilities can do what they want to do just as much as people that don't have a disability. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Kurt, um, you know, and definitely not trying to stereotype it. I just, you know, even for me, I, I'm not disabled. And I, if I could work from home all day long, I would <laughs> uh, just because, you know, that flexibility of just, you know, instead of 
having a you know I, I don't know my, my drive to the studio is probably 40 minutes in the morning um 45 minutes maybe it could be an hour depending on traffic but uh you know so that's that's two hours of my day where i'm just unproductive or or maybe i am a little productive might be on the telephone while i'm in the car on bluetooth driving down the road you know having a conversation with a, a radio show host or you know advertiser or you know something like that but uh you know i love the idea of cutting out the commute you know and and being able to like get straight to work you know jump out of the shower instead, instead of you know i had to go downstairs get in my car drive to work drive back to work and i just feel like it's like lost productivity that uh, uh my wife who's been at home for the last 14 months or something like that um she's got this thing down to a science you know she's able to manage the kiddo and work and she's got this whole you know like game going I, I call it a game it's not a game but you know she has her routine that she does um and you know normally she start work at like nine o'clock in the morning now she's already on and working at seven you know so she's got a two-hour jump on everything uh and and you know i think that uh, you know those types of positions are very beneficial for folks with disabilities but by all means i absolutely advocate for uh you know you 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 do you you know if you want to come into the office and the office is open uh you know come on in you know definitely we uh uh, at Voice America, we we absolutely advocate for that. We have a show called Disability Matters. Uh, I talked to you about that with Joyce Bender. Um, we had her on our fireside chat uh, live uh, back in uh, National Women's Month, which I believe was March. Uh, we we had her on with a bunch of other uh, awesome female hosts that are you know trailblazers in their industry. And you know the the idea of you know advocacy for people with disabilities did come up during that fireside chat as well. And you know we talked about all the work that. She she had done but um you've done a lot of stuff too and i i think that you know with the things that you've done um in wisconsin and you know uh you know with water skiing and all the locations and the stuff that you've done and i want you to tell that story um which is which is where it kind of falls into the uh the space for finding a frequency right um you know how you found your frequency in life and in business you know and it all started with uh some water skiing right so tell us about uh, your story and how you found your frequency kurt yeah so what i can share is that seven years ago i was out at uh lakefront uh scene uh lakeshore site and it's um you know, a park area for the village there. And I've been involved uh, with my family now, with my daughter all her life, with my wife um, all darn near all of our uh, married life. And then for me, um, going back 35 years, you know, I've been putting on water ski shows. So nice. at seven years ago, this is where the rub is, is that I was ready with a handful of our water skiers in the club, a club of about 80 people. So you're talking, there's just a handful of people ready to do something here. And it, it was with a community member who happens to be a power wheelchair user, having cerebral palsy and interested to water ski in our show. And we set it up. But what happens is, is he comes out with his swimsuit, goggles, neoprene shirt, towel, water socks. You know, he did his part to get out there and water ski. But what happens is that the president of our club and another board member come over and they basically are giving me this executive order that he's not going to ski. So it's a volunteer organization. So I said, well, if he's not going to ski, I'm not volunteering for that. You need to talk to him and do what I put at them is that's your program that he doesn't ski. I came <laughs> out here like I'm ready for him to ski and we've got some of our other friends who are ready. 
but it, it just wasn't going to happen. You know, so the good news is, is that in the time following this, we overcame that barrier. It just was that night. We had a little blip and um, just kind of an impasse between friends. And um, so that was a disturbing experience where I didn't sleep get good that night. I woke up the next day and I basically rebooted my life, really, because I had a talk with my wife and daughter. And we basically became a family that said that this ought not happen again. Yeah. And not just in water skiing, but in our faith life, our service life, our lifelong learning, our politics, uh, what we do in business, and uh, what we do for anything that's fun, not just water skiing. Um, so that became a thing. And so today I kind of culminated to be I'm an integration enthusiast that I like to think about how myself as well. For some of my messages, my old self is is kind of um, the re receiver of my narrative. Because if you go back 20 years ago, even though I was skiing once a year with adults with disabilities with our ski team, I wasn't really branching out with other parts of my life or in that sport of water skiing to do more. I just did that one novel thing a year and that was about it. So this is about for me too. I went through a transformation to say, you know, I need to learn too how to make my life where everything I do, that people with disabilities have the space and that they know that I want them to be involved in anything that I do, I want to make sure that they can do it too. As a founder or business owner, you know what it's like to run your entire business from your inbox. Between the sales, recruiting, and fundraising emails, things can get messy really fast. Streak is a CRM designed to help stay on top of each part of your process and your inbox without leaving Gmail. Amazing. Let's not leave Gmail. Let's just work from right there. Streak gives you tools for email tracking, mail merges, and snippets, saves you time, and you can scale up your email efficiency. In just a few minutes, you can also set up pipelines right inside your inbox, start tracking your contacts and emails through each process. Streak helps you collaborate by sharing emails and pipelines with team members, whether you work in an office, out in the field, or on a remote team. Pipelines are completely customizable so you can track processes and details specific to your business. Access your pipeline on desktop or mobile app to add and share information in meetings, at job sites, or however you work on the go. Sign up for Streak today at streak.com slash frequency and get 20% off your first year of their pro plan, their most popular option. That's streak.com slash frequency for 20% off their pro plan. Streak.com slash frequency. I'm going to tell you kind of a, a little story that uh, impacted my life uh, severely. I have a really good friend that I went to high school with, uh, Scott Anderson. Shout out, Scott Dog. <laughs> uh, he does a podcast on sports. Uh, and he has a son who's uh, a, who has BPI, right? And um, so he only has one arm, basically. And uh, this kid is so tenacious, man. Like, it's it's so awesome to, you know, see the inclusion from his family, his friends, and, you know, him overcoming his disability with abilities. I'm telling you, like, this kid can play basketball. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown man, and this kid will hoop all over me. You know, uh, he also plays tackle football, um, you know, and it's just amazing all of the the support that's around him and his family and, um, you know, that his dad doesn't treat him any differently than he treats any other child. You know, you want to play sports? Let's go play sports. Who cares if you have BPI, right? Um, and 
it's just it's very powerful for me and and being his friend you know and and seeing the growth of this little guy you know from being you know three four five years old when they moved back here after he got out of the navy and uh and just seeing the growth of this this child, I think he's twelve now. And uh, man, I just saw a photo of him on Facebook yesterday playing football. And I mean, this uh, not not even not a photo; it was a video, right? And uh, he's a running back. And I mean, he's juking people left and right, and you know, moving the ball around and like looking like a, a, a standard you know football player, and and doing it with this disability. And man, I was just so proud that he was out there and kicking butt playing football. You know, uh, and 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 the the point behind the story is that just goes to show you, like you said uh, earlier, is that you know to just because you have a disability doesn't mean you can't showcase your ability. You know, there's so many different uh, I think career choices. And paths that are out there that um, you know people with disabilities can get into just about any kind of industry that they that they want whatever drives their passion um, and 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 do it knowing that uh, I think businesses are kind of changing and coming around in, in a space where they're being more open for you know those folks with the disabilities and you know um, you know and just I think as a workforce as a whole it's important for uh, businesses to you know, deploy and employ a diverse community of employees, right? Not just, you know, one subset, but, you know, different races, different religions, people with disabilities, people with non-disabilities, because I think when, when, when companies go down that road where you have that diverse of a workforce, the ideas, the input, um, all of those things that are coming from so many different, uh, you know, people that are all of different backgrounds who actually truly represent, you know, your customer base or the public per se um, allows companies to really get and absorb, uh, you know, better information rather than, you know, having a, a, a non-diverse workforce, right? Where you you have, you know, only a small set of ideas where, you know, you know you, you're building a product, right? Like we have an audio product, you know, and I'm working with a company right now called Audio Eye to to um, provide like closed captioning on our website for all of our radio shows, right? So that way, uh, people who are who are deaf can still consume our radio content by reading the 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 uh, you know the the captioning of the audio. And, you know, it's things like that and, and, and ideas like that that businesses, I think, need to really uh, understand. And this all came about because Joyce Bender, who's this advocate for disability, she's like, you guys are Voice America. Why don't you have some kind of, you know, you know stuff? And so in our new website that we're building, um, we're going to have both transcribed audios that people can read. Right. And then we'll also have the captioning on the audio so people can read, read that as well. Um, and and I think that then lends its way to um, making the Voice America website more inclusive of people with disabilities. Um, and it also opens up our listener base to, you know, 20 million people. <laughs> right. Uh, and so. I think it's a win-win situation when company you kind of put that at the forefront, uh, and, and then also uh, you know using the, the the model of having a diverse workforce while deploying and developing new products and, and different things that are going to market. Yeah, that's perfect. And you know, to make sure that we're being complete, you know, I think that people in human resources. You know, leaders, executives, people who serve on a board of any kind, um, you know, basically people who think they were worth their weight in salt, 
you know, to be able to speak to particulars that are relevant to the disability community. So to me, everybody who is facilitating something, organizing something and doing the detail need to be able to rattle off, you know, the idea of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, the deaf community, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. the blind community, and you were speaking to people with physical disabilities. And those four demographics are the conversation started, you know, and then we need to make sure people realize that the Americans with Disabilities Act protects people who um, may have a sensitivity to EMFs, electromagnetic fields, you know, that um, some people um, have difficulty or just would not participate if you have those EMFs, you know, in your space. And so we have to think about how we can provide that, that we can provide environments where we're shielding off and um, dropping down, you know, the Wi-Fi's and stuff like that so that everybody can participate that way. And you got chemical sensitivity. You know, if you go to activities that are independent living centers across the land, you know, they'll say at their events, you know, please don't wear your colognes, don't wear your perfumes, you know, think of your deodorants, you know, try not to wear those deodorants that have all those fragrance in them because um, some people, you know, will not participate in a presentation where they're coming into a room and, and they're, that's in their environment, you know. So there are these considerations that I would say three out of four people basically tune out and are ignorant to. And I'll say that because that's where I've come from. You know, the independent living centers have had to teach me. I had to go into this environment. I had to go to these meetings where these professionals are doing this work and to go to the events, to look at the invitations and then to comply to, um, you know, to not where, you know, the, the fragrances and stuff like that and to um, be polite in that way to those that are sitting there because they know they're protected, that the people around ought not be wearing that stuff. So, you know, and then things just kind of happen, you know, when we get into that. And I personally ask for consideration to people who are living in chronic pain, those who have a mental health diagnosis, and everybody who has a goal of substance use reduction. There are major factors going on in the marketplace that again, I personally put it out there that three out of four people don't pay attention to it at all. And it's the question of why. And that's what I had to ask myself. You know, turning a corner seven years ago, that's where I finally woke up and got to the point where I can come on your radio show and talk like this. You know, prior to that, I really wasn't going to be able to do this like I'm doing with you today. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's awesome that you've taken that up as kind of a personal mission of yours to, uh, you know, make sure that there's uh, uh, inclusion, right, for all of the folks that have disabilities. And you're 100% correct. It's really funny that you brought up sense and clones and 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 deodorants and, and sensitivities to that, right? So I used to I used to be the guy, um, you know, like you, you could see me now. I'm completely I'm, I'm all bald and old, and you know I used to have nice hair and I used to comb it and I used to look all pretty all the time, and you know I like to I like to look nice and smell good and all that kind of stuff, and um. I was at an event and um, it was a person who was sitting like at the at the uh, table next to us. Uh, you know, this is very early on in my career and we were out doing a remote uh, broadcast. And so I'm at my little table with my mixing board and getting everything set up and all that kind of stuff. And this woman comes and she goes, excuse me, sir, do you think maybe you could go into the restroom and uh, maybe just use a little soap and water and wash your face and hands and that? And she's like, I can smell, you know, your, 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 I don't know if it's your deodorant or your clone or whatever it is, but it's really 
driving me nuts, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, it was, you know, that bad. And um, I walked into the bathroom to go comply, you know? She's like right next to us. So I'm like, I'm not gonna be like, no lady, you gotta deal with it, you know? Uh, so I go to the bathroom and right when I walked in the bathroom, when I was in this enclosed space, I could smell myself. Right, and I'm going, oh man, I totally get it. You know, uh, and it was actually at that time uh, that I started looking for like uh, natural alternatives to stuff like soap and deodorants and things like that. And I am not sponsored by this company whatsoever. This is not a commercial, but um, you know, a couple of years ago, I got onto this uh, uh, product called Dr. Squatch right, which is an all natural soap and they have deodorant as well that's all natural. And man, I have never gone back to standard anything for the last couple of years. It's been, you know, amazing. I walk into a room, right? And somebody that has a smell sensitivity goes, oh, I can, you, I can smell you, but it's not an intrusive smell, right? Because it's natural. Like, you know, I took a shower this morning and I was using like pine tar, right? And, and then you get out and you, you, you just smell like a man that was just like in the forest cutting down some trees. Um, and it's kind of strong in the beginning, but right as soon as you dry off and all that, it really dissipates. Um, and like, I don't smell like pine tar anymore. Uh, but, you know, like just keeping that in mind right and and it was that moment with that woman where i was like man i need to kind of think about other people not so much you know how am i looking and am i smelling good and i'm i i, I me 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 right and and kind of you know uh always internalizing these things and not like you said like i was one of the three or four people at the time that you know wasn't even thinking about you know those those types of scenarios um and it took uh, it took me, you know, being here, doing radio, listening to interviews, um, you know, running radio shows and hearing feedback from all kinds of walks of life um, to kind of understand and get it through my brain uh, that those uh, those those things are extremely important. Um, and now when we do, you know, event planning and, you know, different things, we're we're always like, OK, um, so we've you know, we've, we've got 80 percent of our audience addressed. What about the other 20 percent? Right. And, um, and so start trying to think about that at all times and, you know, make, make spaces and seating areas available for people that have wheelchairs and, you know, making, uh, audible devices available for people who may be blind that want to listen to the presentation, um, you know, those types of different things. And, um, it, it took me a good, I don't know, five or six years of like just consuming content, consuming content. Finally, before it was just like, oh, wait a minute. You know, not only not only is this the right thing to do, it's good business sense, right? Uh, and so when you when you really think about it from that perspective, uh, it makes you feel good, like that you're actually able to help the the those other folks that um, aren't the same as everybody else, right? That it that is absolutely right, and you kind of alluded to and gave example for the other side of it that you know, like some advocates out there you know, kind of say like there's this adapt group and other advocates that are pretty staunch and strong with their advocacy and they wear t-shirts and stuff that say piss on pity, you know, type of thing. <laughs> and so, um, so they're not looking to be objects of charity. I mean, it's not to say that they want to go out there and kind of throttle down the charitable stuff going to disability organizations. No, it's, you know, keep the, 
charitable stuff going. But the idea is we as people not in the disability community don't look at it from the perspective that those resources, that monetary resource is is quite a bit in in a bigger part of it is for us because of our incompetency to to include everybody and we get in our tunnel vision and we just think we're good by just funneling our efforts in three out of four people we don't need to mess with those people you know we don't need them we're going to have six and again i'm saying it because this is the way i feel i took the business acumen for 20 years of my life you know because that was the introspection the self-examination for me is i'm like why why was i so ignorant for a couple decades here and i had no good reason but this is culture it's genetic memory it's traditions and it's just carrying forward the status quo and not realizing in my assessments I show people how we're only a 33rd of the way there, that if we go for complete integration and just completely turn over to the disability community, how America should work, we will make progress 33 fold. Because that's the way I look at my business is that if you're only drawing from, like you mentioned with your listeners, you know, you mentioned you can have tens of millions of people that can, come and listen now or participate because you're appealing to the deaf community and you're, um, you know, making things accessible, you know, through good media practices that make that happen. If you don't do it, they're not going to get your content. You know, they're not going to find their frequency through your show, but you're doing that. And I think every business person should be thinking of that lost opportunity because that was the hindsight for me is I regretted not taking advantage of 100% of the marketplace for 20 years. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. Like I said, it not only is it the right thing to do, it makes good business sense. And 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 being able to have that inclusion, and, and you're absolutely right. If, if a human being has been overcoming and, and overcoming obstacles for their entire life, Right. And, you know, let's say this, this, this person with a disability is, you know, 30 years old. Right. So for 30 years of their life, they've had to deal with, you know, all kinds of different challenges. Right. And I think that makes that person extremely valuable for problem solving. Yes, absolutely. Uh, And another thing I'd point out is what we've got going on in America right now is you've got those that were born in 1990 and later who are like ADA babies or whatever you want to call them that that basically it's a genera- it's generations born where they only know you know um, a nation that has the Americans with Disabilities Act right but those right. that were born in the 80s or the 70s like myself you know we can think of like for me 20 years of life without the Americans with Disabilities Act, and that's a significant thought process. And in the recent years, the disability community has been bringing forth the disability integration. And, and so basically, um, we don't have that past yet. And I think it's because our political, um, our, our nation's politics have the dog, the dog uh, wants had to, energies. The dog wants to get in the conversation. We, yeah, I guess we hear so. You. We hear you, baby. <laughs> we, we get our dogs into advocacy, too. <laughs> get everybody so, involved. So, yeah, so, but there, too, I would say three out of four Americans, when I say the Disability Integration Act, three out of four Americans would be like, what you talking about? 
you know, and how do we run our nation's government when we're not putting these significant factors in front of the voters? You know, it, it makes no sense to me, right? I'm going to give you a perfect example of ignorance in that perspective. Um, just look at look at this infrastructure bill that, um, you know, the president of the United States right now is trying to put on the table. Um, if you look through the material for this huge spending bill that, you know, and I'm not trying to get political. This is just factual information. Go read the bills. You know, if you're truly trying to have uh, infrastructure boosted in the United States, there isn't one iota of language that addresses anything for the disability community in that bill. Not one thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what I did with the water skiing thing. I recognize that it's great that I'm out by a waterway and we have boats in the water, ropes in the water, and skiers ready to assist and everything all ready to go. But if they can't join us, if it's like they're sitting at home because we have a society that can't get folks out to the waterway to do this activity, you know, I'm sunk. <laughs> you know, it's like we're, we're not going to have much attendance. And that's what woke me up to say, like, you know, I'm with thousands of water skiers in Wisconsin under the Wisconsin Water Ski Federation. And to just look at how we take for granted, how we can throw our ski gear in our vehicle, you know, out we go. And, you know, it doesn't take too much. I mean, it's it's enough fun that we do what we do to get set up to do it and then clean up after and whatever. But then people with disabilities, they don't they don't have the equity in our culture to to have that reality that if they want to ski with Kurt Roscoff, that they'll be there. You know, and it's that simple, you know, and so we have a huge gap in transport. It's like not even close. We're, we are so far away from being an evolved, civilized, you know, um, First Nation or, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, we've got a long ways to go. And again, majority of Americans have no clue about this because um, ignorance is bliss, you know, and and they have the transportation they need. So it's out of sight, out of mind, which is really unfortunate. So we got to get connected. I want to get America connected so that we're not isolating people and oppressing them the way that we are. Hey, guys, I want to pause the show for just a second because I want to talk about this really cool app called Stereo. I've been using it for a little while now, and man, it's pretty cool. It's a live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time. The app allows podcast creators to build an intimate relationship with their fan base by engaging them in direct conversations. Listeners can literally record a question, send it in while we're doing the live directly to us, and we can answer those questions and engage in real time. It's really cool. I've been using the app for a couple of weeks now. I've done a couple of variants on it with some random people and I've met people. I've already got some followers. So it is a really cool application and there's so much diverse content on there. You'll always find something to listen to. Finding Your Frequency is excited to offer our listeners a new way to interact. Join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time for a live show on the Stereo app. You can download the free Stereo app and select Finding Your Frequency we're verified right there on stereo so you can connect with us whenever we're live. Stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us on stereo at the end of today's episode. Go to www.stereo.com forward slash radio Ryan one. Again, www.stereo.com forward slash radio Ryan one. Once you get in there, make sure you start following me. You'll start to check it out. And again, we got the shows that we're going to be doing every Friday at two o'clock Pacific time on the stereo app. I think that there's, uh, you know, 
uh, here here as we sit in 2021, we're on the precipice of some really cool new technologies too, right? Um, one of the things that I think is going to be amazing for the disability community is self-driving cars, right? Um, when you when you think about uh, how technology is impacting folks, um, I'm a military veteran, right? And so I have uh, several friends that have disabilities who lost legs, you know what I mean? And uh, I, my friend Billy, uh, he, he's one tough SOB, let me tell you. Uh, you know, he was in the army, he lost a leg, and the technology that they have now for, you know, his uh, prosthetic limb uh, that he has is, is amazing. Like, it's not, it doesn't even look like a leg, it's like a, it's like a spring, right? And he can, he can do anything that I can do um, with one leg. You know, um, including water skiing, right? Uh, which is awesome. Like he has a he has a a part where it's got like a you know a, it, it the leg is for water skiing specifically for that. Like he puts that leg on when we go out on the boat because I I also Kurt Special K am a big huge advocate of water skiing and water sports. I have a little boat. Uh, I am actually uh, my grandmother lives with my mother and. Uh, I live in one of those HOA communities, so like I'm not allowed to park my boat in my driveway, or um, and and it doesn't fit in my garage because it's too long. Uh, so I park it in my at my mom's house, and uh, when it's off season, right, it goes in the backyard, and so uh, I can't park it in the uh, in the driveway until my grandmother goes back to Idaho because you know she stays here for the winter time, and uh, so my grandma's going back to Idaho this coming Sunday. And I'll be pulling the boat out and I'm super excited. So you just, you just brought up water skiing and I'm reading all of this. And then I'm like, I'm going to be water skiing in like a week, two weeks max. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be out there. Uh, and, you know, uh, thinking about that too, uh, just made me think of Billy. I got to, I got to get Billy out on the boat so he can come water ski with us. Um, and plus he's a way better fisherman than I am. And like, I got to bring him anyways, because he finds the fish and I don't, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's all good stuff. And it gets interesting that when you get enough uh, people with disabilities involved, the particular things that make it practical for some of our friends to to do the water skiing with us, like just think of, you know, some of the piers that we have or some of the uh, lakefront or shorelines and so forth, you know, how practical it is. Even some of our properties, you know, kind of we're used to just one foot in front of the other as a as an erect standing, you know, walker versus somebody that's a wheelchair user and how they navigate down to the shoreline on a property can be different. And then I've been involved with adaptive water ski programs where people have um, done modifications on their pontoon boats and stuff to use the pontoon boat as a staging area and uh, doing different things to facilitate uh, water skiing for people with physical disabilities. And, and all of that. So forever uh, considerations there and uh, an opportunity that most people don't get. So I feel very fortunate to have had very extensive um, experiences and being able to run in Madison, Wisconsin, a train the trainer event uh, teamed up with Florida, Florida, the water skiing capital of the world. And <laughs> Wisconsin is the show ski capital of the world. And so a handful of years ago, and we were doing the Train the Trainer program, that was a nice event. The, um, the outcome of it was 100 people who went through that event um, in that Train the Trainer format. And that's what allowed us to take, with the, again, the Wisconsin Water Ski Federation, 
thousands of skiers, you know, serve through WWSF. And we went from that hundreds, you know, kind of had accesses through the conventions and um, conferences and the prior events to it's pretty much institutionalized here in Wisconsin that um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Wisconsin water skier that's a member of Wisconsin Water Ski Federation that doesn't have some acumen about how they personally know what it what it's about to take a person with a disability skiing. Now that's exciting stuff to me. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. And, uh, you know, one of the things, and I'll, I'll give kudos to Maricopa County here in Phoenix because, um, you know, we have, you wouldn't think this, right? We live in the middle of the desert and I got a, I got, we got like five giant lakes. I mean, I'm t- we're talking, you know, it'll take me, 40 minutes at 45 miles an hour to get all the way to the back of one side of uh, Lake Pleasant here. That's the the closest lake to us. And one of the things I I love about going there is all of the ramps, all the docks, there's, you know, three different launching locations. There's the big giant 12 lane boat ramp, which I avoid like the plague because that's where all the uh, people who don't know how to back their boats down go. (laughs) Um, But everything is wheelchair accessible. All, all the way to the dock, to the waterfront, uh, you know, all of those things. And so I want to give kudos to Maricopa County for, you know, making all of those accessible to the disabled folks. And uh, yeah, if, if, if you can ever, you know, give back to the community in a manner where, you know, you can help a disabled person to go and experience something that they normally wouldn't be able to experience. Um, definitely. I would also advocate for people to go do that because, you know, not only is it a, a great amount of fun for the person to, to be able to go do something they have maybe never done before. Um, but it's also very self gratifying from uh, the perspective of just, you know, helping out your fellow human beings, you know? Um, and I think that's what a lot of people kind of, I think, forget is to, you know, humanize a person with disabilities because, you know, they're just as much of a person as I am or you or any other person. Um, Just the fact that they have a disability doesn't discount them as a human being. And so I think that, you know, those three out of four people that are forgetting that, you know. And and we're talking about fun things like uh, skiing and such like this. And, you know, I I've come up with a little adage that I say, what's fun gets done. And what I mean by that is it's exciting what you can see on social media and on news clips and stuff like this about people doing fun things, but it's so important. Those things are the sexy things that get, that give it the attention that it deserves. And then what happens is through, um, through these fun modalities, you know, the other serious parts of life can be boosted. So people can come from waterways or whatever it may be and um, then think about when they go into their um, faith spaces or like when they meet with their service organization or when they're sitting in a training or they're participating in politics, you know, or they're doing stuff like we are talking before about inclusion in the workplace, inclusive hiring, you know, all of a sudden, all these insights are available to people to be able to use uh, critical thinking to say that there are other applications to what they learned about people with disabilities through friends that did fun things with them. 
That's 100% correct. And I mean, what better way to understand what you can do better as a human being, but to, you know, provide some help to somebody with a disability and spend the day with them, have conversations, go have some lunch and, and really get to understand, you know, what what they're dealing with on a daily basis. So us as, you know, community uh, members and community leaders and advocates in that space, you know, can really come from a place of understanding because if, if you've never, if you've never, you know, been assistive to somebody with a disability or sat down and had a conversation with somebody, um, you know, those types of things, um, right? It's, it, it, it's, it's not the same, right? You, you, you don't really understand, um, you know, the shoes that those, those folks are in unless you've spent some time in those shoes um, or you spent some time with that person having conversations on, you know, some of their challenges that then you can bring back to the leadership table, to the thought leadership table um, and, and, and help, you know, your organization, your community, those types of things to understand um, what they can do better to assist the disability community. Yeah, and, and again, from the, the fun arena with um, branching off from water skiing and going water sports, um, the, the recent years have brought us the fun of a flyboard. And so for all the listeners out there that don't know what a flyboard is, it's basically a board that might get you thinking about a snowboard, like going down a ski hill or whatever, but it's for in a waterway. And then what the skiers have done is they have taken like fire hoses type of thing from out of a jet ski and they use the jet ski propulsion of water to create hydraulics to actually lift the skier up into the air. And so uh, what we did during this whole campaign for inclusion of water skiing is the water ski show director of Tommy Bartlett water ski and thrill show out of the Dells in Wisconsin. He came out to um, this gentleman's community or where we put on our water ski shows. Mm -hmm. He did the travel from the Dells with a flyboard and he sent this guy on his back. So here you have the ski show director of Tommy Bartlett's out on a lake for, um, for a news coverage. The news covered it, that that was all going on. And then we take this guy who's got spastic cerebral palsy, power wheelchair user, tethered him to the back of the ski show director and and this guy is having his uh, other skier from the Tommy Bartlett skiers ride the jet ski and send the two of them. The two of them went 15 feet in the air and then like porpoising and like almost like dolphins, you know, kind of running the, the surface of the water. Oh, my goodness. What an eye opener that was. This is something I've never done. I've never been on a flyboard myself. I'm an acrophobe, so I'm not all about going 15 feet in the air. But here this guy did it. And um I don't know how many people with cerebral palsy or physical disabilities around the world have had that opportunity, but we did it here at a lake local to me. You know, what What a, an eye-opener and something that bends your mind a little bit, how limited we've been to think that people with physical disabilities or any disability can't do these types of things. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. Uh, spot on uh man that must have been fun for that guy i want to go do that <laughs> there you go see so so here you have a man with a disability leading the way that um you know all the people out there have never been on a flyboard want to do that and you know to just think of how many people have done two people on a flyboard you know and here it was done that day on the news and and i kind of it was uh 
a mostly sunny day, but there were some clouds in the skies. And um, what happened was, is this thing was airing at one point when um, when we were gathered as a ski club. And uh, with the ski club friends, I was say I was counting the clouds: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Look at that! He's on cloud nine, everybody. <laughs> Fun stuff. So, and they were like Simpson clouds, like watching the the cartoon shows, The Simpsons. You know, it's kind of those kind of clouds is what we're out that day. So, um, you know, it's it gets to the point where truth is stranger than fiction, and um, you know, and some of this stuff, it's like. You don't think you can make it up, but these guys put it together and got it done. So I'm out there advocating people with disabilities as the masters of ability because I've learned more about how to do things, how to get capable and get your mindset that it can be done. I learned more about that through the disability community than the community of people that don't have a disability. Yeah, very well said, Kurt. And, you know, kudos to you for what you're doing uh, in in the community, uh, in your local community, um, you know, all the, the 25 locations that you got across the state uh, so people can, uh, you know, enjoy the water skiing and get out there and enjoy the outdoors. And, uh, you know, I, that, I think that's really important, too, for folks with disabilities, you know, like. You know, you, you, you would think that, you know, sometimes they might spend a little too much time at home or, you know, uh, in different places. It's always good to just get out there, right? Like if you and I like to get out there and get away from, you know, the city and get out to the waterways and that kind of stuff, well, then why wouldn't anybody else want to do the same thing, right? It's, uh, you know, we're all people and we all want to get out there and, uh, you know, experience some adventure, uh, have some fun. Uh, and what better way to do that than, uh, you know, helping your fellow man, right? That's right. Yeah. And in 2014, 2015, the Medical College of Wisconsin got with over 60 partners in running an adaptive sports and rec expo that were held at a local high school in the Milwaukee area. And um, it was just an amazing experience to set up my water ski station. And I was like, <laughs> you know, giving some hands-on experience with the equipment and loading and unloading with skis and so forth. But there were uh, 50 other options. It was like a one-stop shop of sports and rec for people with disabilities. And, and again, it was an event which was great for people that don't have disabilities either because for all of us that don't have a disability to see how the disability community consumed all that and how they participated and how that all worked and how to get it done, again, you know, I right off the bat, I say three out of four people have no clue about it. What happened at the Adaptive Sports and Rec Expo, I would say three out of four people could stand to learn what was going on out there. And, and I don't claim to have all the skills of all, over 50 options. So I'm like, that's like a lifelong journey for me <laughs> to cross train into these 50 other disciplines. And that's a little bit of what I'm doing. <laughs> That's awesome, Kurt. So tell us, uh, you know, as we kind of wrap up our interview, number one, thank you for being on and thank you for being an advocate of folks with disabilities and, you know, being a, a, a leader in your community. Uh, you know, every community needs leaders like that that are thinking of, you know, the 360 degree component rather than, you know, uh, 300 degrees. Right. And leaving out uh, some some people um, tell people where they can uh, hear your show, uh, find you online, your social media, uh, all that good stuff. All right. Um, yeah, we mentioned uh, Ability MK now, which is through uh, 
Milwaukee uh, Radio, riverwestradio.com, and uh, going to the Shows tab and looking at Ability MK now. And you can also go to um, the Disability Channel, which is based out of Canada. Um, Ontario government actually funds um, training people with disabilities how to run that. That's at the uh, disabilitychannel.ca, thedisabilitychannel.ca, and uh, can also go to worldofability.com forward slash shows. Um, so those are some links there to get you started. You can go on Facebook and uh, social media and look up uh, Ability MK now and look up World of Ability and the Disability Channel and all that. Um, so did did you just want those references or anything else I should provide or is that it? Yeah, no, I just wanted to make sure that people that were listening to the show had uh, uh, the option to go listen to, you know, the content that you create uh, to help them become inspired to be uh, advocates in their own community. And I also wanted to give you this standing ovation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ryan. It's been a great show. And you're right. We did have some fun. The time flew. Yeah, and you know what? That clap was for two things. One, it was for you being on the show, but number two, it was for you know um, your advocacy and the efforts and hard work that you're putting into uh, you know for for all the inclusion and showcasing the abilities of people with disabilities, which is amazing. Uh, and I think far too often uh, people without disabilities uh, overcomplicate the disability, right? And don't think about it so hard. Just include, right? Just include. Yeah, just include. And remember that people with disabilities can teach you everything you need to know because they live with their disability every day. And again, that's something I had to be taught. You don't think about these simple things, but uh, you'll get through it. Like you say, if you just get them involved and just build a solid relationship like you would with anybody else, um, you know, the, the friend with a disability teaches everything. And that's what happened with the friend I'm talking about. Uh, my friend that has cerebral palsy, it's a power wheelchair user. You know, one day he told me, I referred to like talking about him to you, Ryan. And then he was there. I said, just so you know, um, he's wheelchair bound. Well, that, that did a follow-up thing. We had a conversation and he taught me, he's like, this is medical equipment. He's like, I don't need, I'm, I'm preferring that you actually don't call me wheelchair bound. He's like, why don't you use something like wheelchair user because this chair is empowering me i use the chair to do what i want to do and i'm like whoa that was a life lesson right there so it just keeps going like that that's awesome thank you so much kurt for joining us right here on finding your frequency on the voice america talk radio network ladies and gentlemen you can listen to the show every week at 12 o'clock pacific 3 p.m eastern on the voice america variety channel just go to voiceamerica.com click on that variety logo and there will be at 12 o'clock. We've got a couple of replay slots also throughout the network. And of course, you can listen to this show as a podcast on all of your favorite podcast locations. We got uh, iHeartRadio. We got Apple and Google and Spotify. And there's too many of them to list. We're everywhere. So make sure you share the show. We're everywhere. <laughs> Take it over the world. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Finding Frequency. We had a great show, uh, you know, learning some fantastic stuff from Kurt. Uh, and then also uh, shining a spotlight on folks with disabilities and the fact that they have abilities. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. <laughs>